Hello, this is Keith, and you're listening to the Empty Spiral Podcast. This is Matt. This is Russ. And this is Mike, and you're listening to the Empty Spiral Podcast. So, hello guys, how are you? Um, good, thank you. So, what have you been up to this week? Um, me, very hectic week at work, and I'm thankful that it's weekend and plenty of beer tonight to recover, hopefully. You going anywhere nice, mate? Um, La Dolce Vita, the local Italian that uh, both of you have been to, and oh, plenty yeah. of Peroni. Yes. Absolutely, yeah. I've, I've got some Peroni in the fridge, actually. I think I might have to crack that open and sit in my back garden on my own and stare at the sky like a lonely person. Yeah. <laughs> drink, drink beer. I might complete the picture and cover the bottle in a brown paper bag so I can <laughs> really tramp out. <laughs> what about you, Russ? I feel like I'm missing out now. You, you know, Mike's enjoying the Italian. You're going to be sipping on beer, and here I am feeling ill, sipping a protein shake in my old age. So oh, no. I don't know, letting the side down. But uh, I've been listening to uh, plenty of Sayer this week, so uh, you know, keeping the metal alive. Excellent, excellent. How was Iron Maiden last week? Iron Maiden was awesome. Um, it has to be said, um, the O2 was pretty cool because they'd sort of themed the bars out. So if you wanted a cocktail or a drink, each drink was appropriately named after an Iron Maiden song. And um, if you took a wander down to the uh, the local pub, it uh, had a troop of beer on special, which was uh, rather nice. But uh, as for the band and the performance, awesome. Uh, it was the same set that we all saw at Download. Um, particular highlights again being Phantom of the Opera and Seventh Son of a Seventh Son. So anyone in Europe, definitely check that show out because I'm sure you'll both agree it's awesome. Oh yeah, brilliant. Yeah, cool, I, yeah. I wish I could have made it. And just to reiterate what you said, if you haven't seen them and they're in a city near you and you've got the chance to get a ticket, just beg, borrow, steal, do whatever you, you can to go and see Iron Maiden because they're really cool. Um, I don't know, what have I been up to this week? Working mostly. It's been a very, very busy work, busy week at work. Not been doing anything very interesting at all, other than sleeping when I can. And uh, yeah, that's about it, really. <laughs> so I don't have much more to tell you. Um, yeah. With us today, we have Keith. How are you doing, Keith? Oh, yeah, I'm good, thanks, Matt. A bit warm and sweaty, but uh, it makes a change. And we've got to talk about the weather on the podcast. We have we? indeed got to talk about the weather on the <laughs> podcast. It would not be the same. And it is very, very hot today. It is, yes. <laughs> so, um, you've been into Lukunikov for some time? Uh, that's correct, yes. Uh, about 2006, I think, I got into them. And, um, uh, do you want me to explain to you how I got into them? Yeah, go for it. Well, uh, originally it wasn't Lacuna Coil, I have to admit. Um, I would say that my love affair into the female voices genre uh, started about July 2005. I was in Cologne in Germany for a few days and I actually fell over and twisted my ankle. So that meant I couldn't go out and about do things that I wanted to do. So I had to stay in my hotel room and I was just flicking through the channels as you do. And I came up to this um, programme called Vivo don't know if you've heard of that before but uh, they they had a heavy metal show on there was um nemo by nightwish and raven heart by zandria came on and i must admit it's the first time i'd ever heard i suppose you could call it symphonic metal 
I'd heard of bands like Heart and Warlock, Girls School, etc. But to me, their rock and just wasn't really what I was into at all. But when I heard Nightwish and uh, Sandry, it was like, wow, wow, I, I, I do like that. So the next day, I felt okay, could walk. And I went into town, I did something which I don't think I'd ever done before. Went into a couple of shops where they sold CDs and I actually bought once by Nightwish and Ravenheart by Zandria without hearing anything else by them and uh, just hoping that uh, they were good and what I would get into and obviously I wasn't disappointed. Went home, got on the internet and this was um, in the times when people actually went onto MySpace. Oh, those heady <laughs> days of yore. Yeah. Does anyone still use MySpace? Uh, I, I went in there recently but just to download some pictures I uploaded once. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was when I went on there and I think it was like, if you like this, you'll like them. And that's when I found about Lacuna Coil. So I clicked on, had a listen. Thought, yeah, that's not too bad. Quite like that. Basically, it all went haywire from then. I got into so many female fronty bands after Forever Within Temptation. I saw at Bloodstock uh, when it was a proper thing indoor, not in the mud, uh, in Derby. And then I started following a band called Season's End. Whatever happened to them? Do you know them? Well, funnily enough, when we met on the train to the um, Female Voices Metal Fest, I can never get the name right. You know, the one who... Metal Female Voices Festival. That's the one. So I can yeah, never, yeah. This has become a joke for me. I can never get the name right. <laughs> fantastic festival. When we met, just for everybody's information, Keith and I first met on the Channel, Channel Tunnel train on That's the way right. to the uh, Female Voices Metal Fest. Did I get that right? I think I did. Metal Female Voices Festival. <laughs> See, I can't, I can't do it. It's mental block. And you actually introduced me to Seasons End then. And, okay. Uh, and I picked up the CD. I, I couldn't get it out of the festival, but I, I ordered it off Amazon when I got back. So, yeah, I, I've got you to blame for that. And I, oh. I don't know what happened to them, but it was a good album. Wow. It, yeah. Um, they keep saying it. Anyway, not Seasons End podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's, a, that's our other project, you see. Yes, yeah. <laughs> but it, as I say, when I um, I went back to Germany in the September, I spent God knows how much money in the uh, Saturn store outside the Hamburg main station. And I managed to pick up then the Ostfest edition of uh, Coma Lies. I had nothing else by uh, Lacuna Call at all, but I, I bought that. I got the two EPs. And then I, when I came home, oh, I don't know if it was when I came home, I think it was, I thought, I've got to go and see this band. And I managed to get tickets for the evening uh, with Lacuna Call at the Wolfen Hall in Wolves. Oh, lovely. Uh, on the 30th of October 2005, I think it was. And, oh, wow, acoustic to begin with, which, thanks to you, I managed to um, download because you had it on the, whole, the old... Um, I did, yeah. yeah. Would you? Do you know I need to update that, upload that again, in fact? Yeah. Ah, it's, it's brilliant. I mean, I've got it on my iTunes and listen to it every now and again. brings back some really happy memories. And I also think, although I might be wrong, they actually played When a Dead Man Walks. I think you might be right. It was about that time. Mike, can you remember? We were about 2000... When was it? 2010? Yeah, 2005, oh. the evening with tour. No, there was, a, there was one after that. Though, was it? it was 2000... No, no, it's just 2005. 2005, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right then. Yeah. I think they were, because I remember when I saw them around that time, they they were definitely... When a Dead Man Walks, which is what we'll come on to in a little while, um, was definitely included on the set list. Maybe yeah. not every show, but it was definitely included on quite a lot of them. So, and I, I, I just... I, I love the song. Uh, 10 out of 10. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, He's getting ahead of himself. <laughs> if you could actually see just my female-fronted 
CDs, you probably think I've got more money than cents because I reckon I've got nearly a thousand. Oh, wow. Okay, that is a lot. Oh, okay. Obviously, not all Lacuna Coil. <laughs> Although I've got a fair few. Uh, the the things that I'm really happy with or pleased with was that I did pick up the two EPs before, uh, the the original EPs. Before they got combined into the re-release. Into the, yeah, into yeah. the original, to the, the one on its own. So, um, yeah, I'm very happy with that. And then I came, uh, I come on to uh, How I Met You. You've already mentioned, mentioned uh, that we, we met on the Eurostar. 19th of October 2007 it was. There you go. Yeah, I knew it was um, about that time, but yeah. yeah that's thanks to Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> God bless the internet. Yes. And basically, and I still find this so strange. I mean, I sat next to you without knowing who you were. And basically, we, for the next two and a half hours, three hours, we just put the world to rights between ourselves, didn't we? We did um, indeed, yes. So I remember I slagged off Apple because I didn't like what they did with... Because um, you had an iPod, didn't you? I still do. I think it's around somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yes, but, yeah. And I, I, I slagged them off because I think I had a creative sin and we basically chatted fed metal. And the best thing is, I slagged off Apple. I won't be without my iPhone now. <laughs> it's amazing how things change, isn't oh, it? Oh, it does. But didn't, I think you went to see um, Epico on that Friday night as well. I did indeed. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I... I... Missed out on the Friday night at the festival and went to see Epica. Yeah. And they were supported by Delane, I think it was. Yeah, it was okay. Delane. And that was fantastic. Um, yeah. What a, what a great show that was. Uh, and yeah. that, that was in Holland. We went across the border. Uh, I think it was in Eindhoven, actually. And so was it Eindhoven. Yeah. Not that I was these little things, but... Um... Yeah, it was, yeah. And it was just like the released, the released <coughs> night that they played that. And then, of course, it was back to, um, to Belgium for the... Uh, the MFEF. Yeah, there you go. See, I'm not even going to try to say it anymore. <laughs> the, the funniest thing is, though, I mean, I, okay, I, I like Lacuna Coil. I, I, I mean, I really liked them at that point. But it's a good job that I never slagged them off to you or anything, not knowing who you were. I, 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 <laughs> I, I can take it. It's fine. It's not a problem. I don't know anything, really. <laughs> what music were you into before you got into female-fronted metal bands? Um, well, I like metal. I'd been to see Metallica at uh, Milton Keynes. But I suppose I was more into definitely the goth. Love Sisters of Mercy, but oh, I I can listen to any crap. Uh, I mean, I've got I've got some right, you know, tosh. But um, I love the Smiths. Prince, love Prince. Think he's brilliant. I, I was I was probably more of an indie boy than anything else. Love Stone Roses, House Martins, anything like that. So quite an eclectic taste in music. Oh, oh, big style, yeah. But some of the stuff I probably would never listen to. Now, I mean, I still. Listen to Prince and um, the Smiths every now and again, but pretty much you just look at my iTunes live and it's just female fronted. So, given that you've got, by your own admission, a thousand CDs of yeah. female fronted, yeah. what do you find, and I appreciate this might be a difficult question, is the appeal to you? What's the constant appeal of, of that genre of music? Oh, I th- the difference, I think, more than anything. There's not just one, it's not just female fronted. Yeah, okay, female sings on it. But I think there's all the different genres within the female fronted metal. You've got like Lacuna Coil, you've got obviously uh, Andrea who sings and sometimes growls. Uh, you've got Epica, that you've got um, Mark who always growls. Uh, you've got obviously Nightwish who have been through three and I've fortunately seen all three of them that have just got the female singer. Oh, I know that um, 
they have the male singer on it occasionally as well. But I just loved the whole different genre all the way through from, you know, symphonic to, I, I mean, I, I quite like Arch Enemy as well. And that's not singing at all, is it? Well, it is singing. <laughs> <laughs> that's another conversation altogether. That exactly. Is. I, I, mean, think that... I think it's fair to say with Arch Enemy, if you don't realise that Angela, well, it's Angela singing. Yeah. You wouldn't necessarily know it was a woman singing. Oh, no, the, the amount of times I've played it and someone says, blimey, that bloke's got a deep voice. And I said, that bloke's a female. <laughs> 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 and it's like, what? Um, but I love deaths. thought they were super. I don't know if you know Eths. Yeah, I know Eths. French yeah. band, isn't it? That's correct, yeah. yeah. Uh, Candice Clotty used to be the lead singer. I thought she had a cracking voice. Uh, she's now left the band. I, I, it's just the difference, I think, through the whole genre itself. It's great to have seen the genre grown up over the last decade or so. Oh, yeah. And it's really matured, isn't it? And it's just so much. much it's great. It's great to see that constant diversity. It's just a shame it's not over here so much. That's true. That's true. But uh, I, I think it's fair to say that with the fact it is growing in popularity and we've got bands coming out of the US like Howlstorm and uh, are, again, once more increasing the popularity it's a great genre it really is and the yeah. diversity of the emotion that comes across is fantastic yeah i saw them at rock city early on in the year within this moment i mean I only went to see in this moment but i did quite like Hellstorm. Mm. i uh, like Hellstorm actually yeah um so, so is there anything else you want to tell us well yeah i just a couple of bits basically after seeing um doing mfef one thing we haven't said we, we sat on the train together going out we then sat together coming back we did yes <laughs> People will uh, start to talk. They will, yeah. I mean, that was just so random. How that happens is just beyond me. But uh, yes, two and a half hours later, and chatting completely utter bollocks, and um, we went our separate ways, never to be seen again. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks to the power of Facebook, we've been reunited. Well, yeah, and I mean, I did speak to you once, I think, in Birmingham That's when right. the Kuna Group played uh, at the Academy. That's right. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, too. It's just sort of like in passing, but hello. Matt, hi Keith. Oh, hello Keith. All right. Yeah, bye then. <laughs> Catching up. Yeah. <laughs> What's that ship's passing in the night, I think? It is. Uh, that's, yeah, I think so, yeah. But I must admit, I'm, I'm very jealous of all, all of you. I mean, I've only seen Lacuna probably five or six times. Okay. So, I mean, I can tell you about not all of them because I can't remember them all. But, um... Do you have a favourite show? Yeah, well, always the first one, I think. Even though they might, obviously, they're only playing stuff that they've written up to that point. But I think the first time you see them is sort of like, because it was the acoustic to begin with as well, it was sold that it was packed the venue up. And it just sort of like, I think it was probably the first time I've seen a band that just were on their own in that genre. And it was sort of like, I've got to see more of this. Not necessarily Lacuna Call, but I've got to get to see more of these bands. Because I, I hadn't heard of MFEF by the first time I saw them. That wasn't on the agenda at all. I think you're right. I think that the first time you see, well, any fa- every band, any band that becomes a favourite. But yeah. um, for me, obviously, the first time I saw Lacuna Call, a very, very special experience. And also, as you were saying just then, the fact that there was an acoustic set, the fact that it was just that band, did make it very, very special. You know, it was that was a great tour actually. The the evening with tour, really, really good. 
I mean, obviously, I, I mean, I thank them for. I mean, when they played at Birmingham last last year, the year before, and they brought over Straight Line Stitch. Mm-hmm. That was a really it's quite an intimate venue at the HMV uh, in Birmingham. I love Straight Line Stitch. I knew them before they came over, and I was really happy that they were playing. I think I don't. Did you see them as well? Yeah, I think I was. I think I might have been at Birmingham. Was I at Birmingham? Yeah. Yeah, I think we were at Birmingham. Yeah, we get around. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but I, I mean, I, th- I met uh, the lead singer State Line Stitch afterwards, and she, how she sings and growls, and she's so timid, just remarkable. But I mean, I, I saw Lacuna Corley in Nottingham, uh, the rescue rooms. That's right. Yep. And it was packed. It, you could hardly breathe, and it. it uh, the the beginning part of it was brilliant because I actually met them. I met the Kuna Core that night, and that made it. But the concert didn't make it because I could hardly breathe in the venue. But when I saw them in Birmingham, there was a bit more space you can move about, even though it was quite small as well. And I thought it had a much better sound there as well. So I, I enjoyed Birmingham. I thought that was good. And obviously, the support band were, were excellent as well. So are you getting to? To any of the dates this year? Are you going to see them this year when they're supporting Paradise Lost? Or... Uh, no. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> I am seeing them though once. I am. I'll be at MFEF again. Oh, you're going again, are you? Oh, yeah, yeah, well yeah. done, you. See, this is our turn to be jealous because I think there's all of us want to get over there. I certainly do. What about you guys? I'd love to go over there. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to go for the day. We do day tickets. So, but I never quite... been. You should go. It's, it's a really good time. I mean, I've only been once and I enjoyed it. I absolutely mm. had a blinding time. Well, last year uh, I actually had a chat with um, Christina, Andrea and uh, Pizza at MFEF. And I did say to Christina, um, is Matt coming? And she said, oh, no, I don't think so, no. But <laughs> <laughs> so she knew you weren't going to be there. No, I think I think we probably discussed it before, actually. Yeah. But uh, No, I'd love to get over there. I really, really would. It'd be fantastic oh, to, I mean, to get over there again. But... It was a really good concert, I mean, because obviously they were headliners as well. And then when I heard that they were headliners this year, it was like, oh, brilliant. Yeah, really. I, I think it was a lot, big surprise to a lot of people, actually, for them to headline two years in a row. That's, that's... Well, it is because the name's not Epica. Oops, did I say that? <laughs> <laughs> Only slightly, or leaves eyes. <laughs> but I can tell you, if you've got a mate, I can tell you a funny story about last year. Yeah, the, go for it, yeah. Uh, there's a Canadian fan, you, you must know him, Eric Eaton. Oh, yes, we know Eric. Yeah, he's top bloke, really nice bloke. But um, he's he's a massive fan of Lacuna Call. I think he's got, like, the LC tattooed on his hand. He's got a very nice car as well. Uh, yes, he has, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, he was chatting to Christina last year backstage, and I, I said, I know Eric, really good mate. And I just went in, butted in, and he calls me a band whore. Because uh, <laughs> if I see anyone, especially the females, fluff straight there, get a picture. And um, I say they were they were chatting as you do, and I just went up and said, oh, "Any chance in a photo, please, Christina?" He says, "Yeah, yeah, not a problem." So I got a photo with her, and again I asked, "Are you doing when a dead man walks?" Oh no, not tonight. No, sorry. Uh, and I went to see them on the Tuesday. I think it was afterwards at Wolverhampton. Mm-hmm. And I said, any chance that? No, sorry, not. And I thought, oh, damn, oh well. But then later on, I was going to get some food, and Andrea and Pizza were chatting to each other, and Christina was playing on a game on her phone. But I just walked past them. I said to Andrea, can I be just cheeky and ask for a photo, please? And he says, yeah, yeah, no problem. Uh, because there's only the four of us there. He said, who's going to take it? Uh, and I just said, well, Christina can. And Pizza says, but 
don't you want like the female singer with a band in your photo? I said, oh, no, um, no, you're okay. And he, said, he looked at me like quite strange. Well, why not? And I said, well, I've already had a photo earlier today with Christina. Uh, and then he just nodded his head, smiled at me. And then Christina became like Davy Bailey. And she, she, it was really surreal. She took the camera off me. She said, oh, don't stand there, but go and stand over there. And it's much better. Like, oh, hold on, no, a bit over there. And he's like, oh, it's weird. It was as if like... She was a wedding photographer or something. <laughs> but I was so, so down to earth. I mean, I, I'm quite, although people that listen to this will say, no, I'm not. I am quite shy. I'll ask for a photo and that's it for go. Because I think, well, it's, you know, their own people, they don't want me hanging around and boiling their time. This was their downtime before they started a big concert. So, if you, you know, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't like to invade their space. No, I think it's it's good to, to have that respect. And although it's fair to say that uh, they spend, they have so much respect for their fans, and they they do yeah. go out of their way to, you know, to to have the pictures taken and to have the conversation, oh, yeah. which is one of the many great things about them as people. Yeah, I'm sorry, there was no oh no, can you come back later? It was like, yeah, not a problem at all. And um, I'm sorry, you'll kick me. Who was a really tall bloke who's been? Has he been playing the drums recently? Oh yeah, Ryan. Ryan. He was introduced to Eric uh, when he came backstage at MFVF, and God, he's a tall bloke. <laughs> but he was so nice. He was like shaking hands and everything. Uh, well, all of them, really, really nice, really down to earth, and uh, it was a pleasure to meet them. So. Yeah, I think uh, everybody should take the opportunity to. I know the band will probably kick me for this, but uh, <laughs> you know, if if you do get the opportunity to say hello to, to Lacuna Coil when you see them, do take it and that's just my advice to anybody really I know there yeah. are a lot of people out there that say like, you know oh, I'll, I'll clam up or I'll be too embarrassed but don't be they, do, they make it so easy and it's just just say hello just go over there say hello shake their hands tell them yeah. what you think of the music you know just they're, they're people like everybody else and and they love that that interaction uh-huh. and, and they mean that from the bottom of their hearts when they say it. you know it's not just one of those things that people with any kind of fame or celebrity say they generally do enjoy having those conversations yeah and i say there was just no like go away kind of thing it was like generally nice down-to-earth people which is great cool so i've got another question for you okay uh which is the question i ask of everybody that comes on the podcast what does being a lacuna core fan mean to you then keith probably the same that everybody else says it's the community I um, I suppose I'm going to widen it out slightly because of my general female voices genre that I love. Mm-hmm. But I've met so many people that I now consider to be really, really good friends through this this genre. And to me, it's the whole community. I've never seen any trouble at any kind of female metal concert I've been to. And that's what I think is great about it. You can you can go to a Lacuna concert, you can turn to somebody you've never met before in your life and you can see they're having a good time, you're having a good time and then you just start chatting and you find out what else they're into and that's it to me. Mm. The whole camaraderie, I think the word is. Yeah, I completely agree, mate. I really do. Thank you very much for joining us on the podcast today. It's been a real pleasure. Uh, well, thank you for having me. Cheers. No problem.
Okay, today we're going to review When a Dead Man Walks, which comes off, of course, the uh, Lacuna Coil album Unleashed Memories. Uh, we're also joined today by a special guest, Keith, who uh, approached me and asked if he could be part of the podcast specifically to review the song because it means something quite special to him. So I think, he, Keith, you should uh, kick off and uh, tell us what you think of When a Dead Man Walks. This is my favourite um, song by Lacuna Coil. There's just something about it. But I've been completely bamboozled because listening to the uh, podcast a couple of weeks ago or last week with your quiz, where you did very well. Um, No, we didn't. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't realise until that question was asked, uh, so thanks for us, um, that there were two other songs linked to this one. So, um, yeah, I was um, a bit put about by that. But I I still thought, well, we'll push that to the back of the memory. But Because, I mean, to me, the song's... Lyrically, it's something I think it's someone who's committed a murder and is possibly waiting on death row. I mean, the the first well, I mean, I love the 30 seconds or so intro musically, it's it's quite sad. And then also, you get Christina coming in with the paranoia slowly sang. When you've got uh, when she sang, I mean, like blood into my hands, I can't deny to me that's like there's the murder itself. And obviously she sings uh, the buzz into my ears. It's like, yeah, I've done something now that I've really wanted to do for a long time and I've I've finally pleased that I've done it. Musically wise, it starts off quite sad and then when Andrea get kicks in, it seems to go quite military. It's you know, quite, quite, it's quite a, a march. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say happy, but there's definitely like a, a marching feel to it. And obviously it goes back to sad again. Uh, with uh, Christina singing, back to military style again, some really brilliant guitar solo, and then they seem to be quite happy again. Is happy the right word? Probably not. Upbeat. To me, it's saying, Andrea's part is saying where the person, he's got absolutely no remorse for what he's done or what they've done. And for me, in between the lines, I think they, they've, they know what they've done, they they know they committed a crime. They're waiting for what fate's going to lead them to, but they've got no regrets over it. And to me, that's saying that they've probably been part of a, a verbal, physical abuse. Well, yeah, that's a good weapon. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. I, I don't know why. It just I say I'm reading between the lines. You know, they're, they're not looking back. They're, they're waiting for someone to tell me what's going to happen. I don't know. It's almost like they're resigned to their fate, whatever it may be. Yeah, I think so. And I think it's it's possibly a lover, someone very close, family member maybe. And in the end, they just couldn't take it any longer and they just snapped. And they felt that they, they just basically had no escape from the punishment they were receiving. You know, And that's why they're saying once again, once again, living in their cage, they're killing me. And Christina's saying that, you know, I, I, I basically got to get out. Basically, though, this, I mean, the lyrics are, <laughs> aren't what I find really good because obviously, if I was, I'm, I'm definitely not in an, uh, um, an abusive relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's definite. I just love the music, the lyrics which go the way that the music, uh, the, the lyrics are, the way that um, Christina starts off quite sad, melancholy, maybe. Then Andrea kicks in with the military style. The way he's going is like, he's, he seems happy. 
Do you think that um, when I say military style that you refer to there, do you think that's kind of supposed to represent time passing at pace or the perception of it? Because it's always over that bit. His part of the song where it says, "And I won't look back while I'm waiting to die, and yeah. I'll carry on while they want to decide for me." It's almost like time is passing, and whether or not he can make it run any slower, or maybe if he feels like it's running too quickly because it's leading him to the metaphorical gallows, as it were. So it's like there's that dun, 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 it's a pacey moment where time seems to be flowing too quick. Uh, possibly because starting off with, I think you know when they they're looking at um, you know when Christina's singing, it's like time's gone way too slow, and the physical or mental abuse that she's received or the person's received, time is going so slow, and now it's gone. There's no longer that fear. Time's just flying by. So, Mayor, maybe you're right. Uh, I wonder. I mean, I, I've only just thought of this now. Do you think there's any? weight in the notion that actually there may be two people here I mean obviously we've got Andrea and Christina singing the lyrics but are they representing the thoughts of one person or two people both in prison do you think Oh, good question (laughs) I've not thought of that I I honestly when I was looking at the lyrics thought it was just the one person Mm. I think that's the most logical thing to assume I just wondered if given that what you say about the the change in style, we're both within the music when they're singing their parts and the tone of their voices and the so the, the lyrics themselves provide a different kind of view on the same situation. Is it possible mm-hmm. that we're looking at two different people? I don't, I don't know. I mean, yeah. the, the, the title of the song itself implies that's not necessarily the case. When a dead man walks implies it's one person. Yeah. Um, I just wondered if it may well be something that unintentionally comes across in the music because it, 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 you could read it both ways, I think. Uh, possibly. I, I mean, the other thing is, obviously, after uh, I had that question last week, and I, I quickly had a look at the uh, the other two songs, and God knows how they're together. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's clearly why um, my, Mike and I didn't make the connection. Right? Yeah, Mike, yeah. Back me up on this one. <laughs> it's like 119. There's hidden subliminal messages. Come on. Oh, that's next week. Stop it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, self-deception is supposed to be what happened, which led to the the person being in jail, apparently. Uh-huh. And then the the final song in the the three, Coma Lies itself, is supposed to be the the, the accomplice, the person that ended up with this person or getting this person in prison in the first place, coming to realise what it is they've done and dealing with the consequences of it. Apparently. Uh, I think this is probably something we'll spend time analysing when, of course, we get to the um, Comalise album and make our way through both of those songs. Yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, hearing that. <laughs> it should be quite interesting. Yeah. <laughs> no pressure, guys. No. <laughs> <laughs> In terms of the song itself, for me, I, I, I pretty much agree with everything you said, really. I, I, I love the, the slowness about the song. Um, I love the way it builds up over time. I love the, the chugging bass and that little guitar solo, which tends to get forgotten about actually a lot of the time, but it's there and it's uh, it's, it's it's you know it adds to the song. Um, I think for me though, when a dead man walks, it's kind of feels like in many respects the emotional heart of Unleashed Memories. It kind of reflects the whole tone of that album. It's it, to me, it's very, very melancholy. I mean, the the subject matter itself is not ambiguous. We are re- genuinely looking at someone that's on death row in prison, reflecting on the events that led them there and what they're doing. And you know, they're in that that cage, 
and that seems to be I don't know there's something emotional about that and it, it really feels like it's forms that emotional heart of the album maybe the fact that it's pretty central in terms of its position on the album is is not by mistake uh, like you are I, lo- I love the lyrics um, I, I think uh, Andy and Christina do a great job on this kind of switching back and forth between the male and female vocals it's not my favourite song on the album oh, um, I know sorry I'm upset you now <laughs> uh, but it's it's damn close I will tell you that now it's a very very good song and I love hearing it live I think it's, a, it's fantastic. It's one of those songs that's as much as I like it on the album. I think it's far better live than it is on the album, which is saying something because I think it's a great album track. There's just something about hearing this song live that really feels like classic Lacuna Coil, you know, more so than others that arguably more people know and consider to be classic Lacuna Coil songs. That's a great song. What about you guys? What about you, Mike? What do you think of this song? I think you're right. I think it's one of these songs where everything else feeds into it. But the other the other spin that I had on it, where you were saying it could be one person, I I uh, the thoughts I have is that it's like two people, and uh, the one thing that I can think of that this might sound ridiculous when I'm going to say it, but the um, like you see American films where you've got a prisoner and somebody that's gone to see them and they're talking to each other on the phone and something similar to that. I don't know whether that sounds a bit. Crazy. Oh, I see. Okay. Interesting. That's an interesting thought, isn't it? And or the, if it wasn't that, it's somebody pacing up and down in the in the prison cell, which would be Andrea, and these are all the thoughts going through their mind. But the other spin on it, I I also thought about was if the vocals were switched, so if Andrea was doing Christina's part and vice versa, and see how that would work out. I think, this, I think the video for this has, if they did a video for it, it would have so much potential. It has quite a strong message in the song. I was, I was thinking yeah, to myself, yeah. you know, just sort of reflecting on what you said there about the, someone on the phone to the other person and through a glass screen. Yeah. Um, it would be fascinating. You see, it, because there is such a such imagery in the music. and in Yeah, the and lyrics, it's very emotional, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it would well. be really interesting to see how that got yeah. put on screen. We'll make it. Maybe we should make our own video next time we're together. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. We could do our own our own video. Yeah. Um, one of us will have to wear a long black wig, though. About <laughs> <laughs> you, Russ? What do you think of this? I have to say, I agree with what everyone else has said. I am a massive, massive fan of this song. Uh, I think it blends perfectly with the rest of the album. I think it's in the absolute correct place in terms of the track sequencing. Um, it's got that great understated guitar solo from Pizza in there, which I think adds so much to the song. And just generally the textures and the layers in the music and, and the lyrics. And it's probably got one of my favourite lines on the entirety of the album, which is, and the hope in my heart is dry. And it's just, we've mentioned this before, it's just pure poetry. And again, without sort of repeating everything, it's just a really strong song and I'm a massive fan of it. And definitely, as you said, it's always a highlight when they play it live. Used to play it quite a lot in the olden days, unfortunately not so much these days, but obviously the band has such a you know a wide range of songs to pick from. And the one thing that sort of always sticks in my mind is when I saw them down in South America, and this is the one song when they played it, it was just bang and it went nuts. And as I said, it definitely needs to sort of get a few more live airings if possible. Definitely. There we go. It sounds like we're all fans. Okay, numbers wise, then Keith, you can go first. What are you giving this? I think we already know, but you know, I'll, I'll indulge you. What, what are you going to give it? 
I think I'm going to go for a strong 10. Strong 10. There we go. <laughs> Brilliant. Mike? I'll give it a 10. I think it's one of the best songs that they've they've recorded. And uh, I think it for older school fans that have known them a very long time, it's, it, it's just perfect. What about you, Russ? I'm going to agree. It's a 10 for me. I'm feeling the pressure now. <laughs> <laughs> so I was going to go for a 1, um, but I think a 10 would be more appropriate. No, you, you're absolutely right. I say it's not my favourite song on the album, but that doesn't mean it's uh, not deserving of top marks. This is a, a brilliant Lacuna Core number, a classic in every sense of the word, and it absolutely deserves um, 10 out of 10. Great song. When a Dead Man Walks. What a brilliant song. Thank you, Keith, for joining us uh, to review this. I hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, yes, very much. I just want to say um, thank you to all of you for doing what you do. If it wasn't for yourselves, I probably wouldn't be listening. Well, obviously, I still listen to Lacuna Core, but not as much as I have been recently. Thanks for everything that you do. Obviously, I know it's the 10-year anniversary of Empty Spiral as well. Mm-hmm. So, um I mean, just thanks. No problem. And thank you for having me. No problem. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for joining us, taking the time out of your day to uh, give us your, your thoughts and tell us about no, no. what it means to be a fan and, uh, you know, how you learn all about female voice metal. Brilliant. Yeah, totally. Thanks a lot, mate. Thank you. Well, that brings us to a close this week on the Empty Spiral podcast. You can contact us, of course, at the normal places, which is, of course, on our website, which is www.emptyspiral.net, or of our Facebook, which is facebook.com forward slash emptyspiral.net, or on Twitter, which is at emptyspiralnet. Don't forget, we're also available to listen via the Stitcher network and on iTunes. So you don't have to listen to the podcast directly on the website. You can download it onto your favourite mobile device and listen to it wherever you want. Just think you can hear us talking to you wherever you are. Thanks very much for listening. Cheers. Ciao.